We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Liar. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire. And joining me tonight is my co-host, former NFL defensive back, creator, owner of Rise Athletics, Eric Crocker. What's going on, man? And why did your uh, cornerback rankings suck? (laughs) Man, I got cussed out. I got everything, man. Like the Alabama little mob or whatever you want to call them. the the red wave of the, the tide or whatever, dude. They they are they are ride or die. And if you're not with them, you are all the way against them. <laughs> I mean, that seems like that's exactly how they would react to something like that. Like, man, everybody's always doubting us. Everybody's always doubting the national champs. Right, like you know, yeah. And for you guys that don't know, I put out just some little early quarter, cornerback rankings. Uh, for this 2021 class, and I have Patrick Sertain at CB3, which is not bad. Like, to me, it's not bad. And I have my reasons, you know, for it. And, you know, Sertain, he has played very well. Like, he's a he's a good corner. He's a good corner prospect. So are the other two guys. But I had him at CB3, and the Roll Tide Red Wave, they, <laughs> they came in full force. And, I mean, but a couple of people got just downright disrespectful. Like, one dude, I had to, like, I had to clap back. I had to, I had to like, I responded in an uncharacteristic way. So he had said well, something. Well, I mean, hey, man, if somebody says something that pushes your button, it's on, bro. No, hold on. I got to tell you what I said. All right. Okay. You got to in your best way, you got to tell, tell us what he said, too, though. Oh, okay. Oh, no, no. I, I'll, I'll tell you. Hold on. I, I, like, muted him, so. You know what's funny, that. too, about people being upset about Patrick Sertain being cornerback three? Like, a cornerback three, depending on the draft class, could still get drafted like top fifteen. Can still go. Can still be the <laughs> first 10. one drafted. Right. right. Oh yeah, 10. yeah. Even that. Right. I'm just mean like let's say he was the third corner drafted, and and everybody in the NFL went by Crocker's rankings, which they should. He, you could still go like top fifteen. Like it doesn't mean you suck, but yeah, he can. And like you said, he could. An NFL team could easily and obviously disagree with you, and and he's the first corner that goes. But I'm, you know. You suck, Croc. Right. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to find it. Yeah, if you muted him, you'll have to like. Yeah, I, yeah, I found him now. Okay. So like he had pulled like a play where J.C. Horn got beat, and he was just like he, he didn't put nothing, but J.C. Horn got beat for a touchdown. And I was like, anybody can pull a play. Like I, I can pull one play of Sertain getting beat for a touchdown. So I pulled a, play, a couple plays of Sertain getting beat, right? And I was like, you know that that doesn't really matter. Like that doesn't like tell me who the prospect is because on one play, like it didn't go his way. Like my biggest thing is like, why did it go that way? And is it something that can be prevented? Or, you know, is it, like, something that's consistent with lack of speed? You know, like, those are my things that I kind of look into, right? So he was like, and excuse my language, you guys. If you guys have kids, this is – you guys as well write it down right now. All right. Here so, it comes. Here's your warning. So he kept he kept going, kept going. And then he said, fuck the film you watch. You got a bogus-ass opinion. You a bum-ass cornerback that got cut from the NFL that's making money on giving false narratives. Fuck you and your list. I bet Patrick Sertain is somewhere laughing at you now. So I responded. Damn. So I responded. I said, I said, you I said, you sure are talented. Surprised you can talk so much with Sertain's dick all down your throat. I don't block people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I said, I don't block people though, so you can continue dick sucking in these comments, but I'm done talking. I said, have a good day, Superhead. Do you know who Superhead is? No. So Super has this uh, woman, like, I'd say when I was, what, like, I'm talking, like, 2007? She, like, wrote a book, and she was known, like, her name was, like, Superhead. And she was known for just giving, like, the most super-duper oh, okay. <laughs> Right? To, like, everybody, like, Lil Wayne and all these other people. But anyway, yeah, so um, there were a couple people that, uh, <laughs> like, responded, like, damn, like, uh... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Damn. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, like, there were some people that responded. Somebody said, Crocky said he's sick of this shit. He said, I'm crying so hard right now. This is the last person on here I expect to clap back like this. Because I don't, I don't say nothing back to people like that. You right, know what I'm right, saying? Like, right, right, right. A lot yeah. of times, like, they'll, you know, and they will, like, you know, say, like, out-of-pocket stuff or whatever. But a lot of times, like, I just... You know, it's whatever. Like, I'll, I'll even explain, like, well, you know, this is why whatever. Woo, woo. And there's been a lot of people that be like, oh, man, like, man, you know, thanks for, like, responding. Like, you know, a lot of people, I don't know why. Like, bro, I'm I'm nobody, like, in my head. So a lot of times they'll be like, man, I didn't think you would respond. And I'm like, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we can talk about it. Like, you know, it's just right. an opinion. I'll tell you where I'm coming from. But these Alabama people, there is no talking with them. So... The dude just kept getting like real disrespectful and cussing and all that, and it's just like, yeah. I saw what he. I, I read while you were talking about that. I got in there and read his replies. Yeah, he was a he was a dumbass. And what's yeah, funny so, too is right around the same time all that was happening on his on his twi- own Twitter account, he tweeted like it's always the bums that have something to say, and then they didn't get one like or one retweet or one anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, nobody's listening to you, man. Yeah, so, like, you know, I mean, I, I know it comes with the territory of having an opinion and the more kind of followers I get, because before, you know, nobody really cared, but now I get more followers, so, like, different people kind of see it, I guess, and um, I just know there's always going to be people that disagree. My thing is, like, damn, we, we can't disagree like adults, <laughs> like, you know what I'm no, saying? Like, we can't no. just be like, <laughs> oh, you know, like, there was one person, like, that responded and was just like, you know, like, I don't, I don't, you know, he's like, a lot of times I disagree with Croc, but, you know, you know, he has an opinion, like, that's his opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like, I respect that, even if you disagree with me, because I don't say things for people to agree with me, even if we're talking about the 49ers. Like, I, I don't, if you agree with me, great. Like, if you don't, I try to just provide my kind of, like, insight or whatever. But, like, when you start, you know, just cussing at me and stuff, like, like, who are you? <laughs> well, I think it's, it's it, you know, it, and especially it's all about the way you package your opinion and, and the way your your thoughts, you know, like if, if someone's obviously just trying to be rational about the way they think and they're just like trying to justify it with whatever evidence they've got and all that stuff, then you're like, hell yeah, dude, like we just see a different, you know, I don't see that as a bad rep or, you know, for this reason or that reason, but 
you know, it's it's when people are just so dramatic about it all that that that's when you know it's it's harder to take people seriously when they package their opinion like it's some big dramatic take like you know stuff like that you can't really you can't really take seriously but it, no, uh, dude, but there's the always going to be people upset at everything man yeah like, there, there are but the, the hardest part for me is kind of like 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 I'll I'll like I really would fight you. You know what I'm saying? So like, <laughs> you know, like in my head, like that's where I take it. Like once, if you if you get like disrespectful, in my head, that's where I take it. Like, okay, we gotta we gotta we gotta we gotta get them up. But you can't on Twitter, and then I can't even you know it's not like cool for me to come off like that. So then I just like it bothers me to my core because it's like, well, Eric, you can't beat them up. Cause you're never gonna <laughs> see this person, and they're just gonna keep going. Like just just block right. them. But then it's like, well, you don't block people. But I am about to start blocking people. I think that's what I'm going to start doing. Well, I mean, I prefer to mute someone. That way, you know, because when you block them, they know it. The moment they try to go back to your profile, they see that they're blocked. Yeah. But if you mute them, they just get to yell at a brick wall forever, and you don't ever see the shit they say. Yeah. You know, like, that, that's funny to me. But at least, you know, I guess you're you're denying them the ability to see anything. But when you're talking about – I don't know what you said that reminded me of it, but – with the way you were wording all that, it reminded me of a forty-year-old version when he's like, he's like, since you're using words I don't understand, I'm gonna take them as disrespect. <laughs> you know, move, yeah. move forward and help me with the sale. <laughs> I don't know what you were saying that reminded me of that. But yeah, with we, Kevin Hart in the story. That was like the first time I ever saw Kevin Hart. Yeah. You know, that was like that little part right there. Watch your mouth and help me with the sale. <laughs> You see now you're starting to piss me off, and then obviously a lot of words start coming out that I can't say. But um, so I don't know. That's funny, but yeah, dude. It's some of the stuff I've read on Twitter just blows my mind, and you can really see as as much as I don't really. What's the best way of saying this? I don't really react that way, but you can really see why people. There's people out there that struggle with social media. You know what I mean? And the, the and and they struggle to absorb what people will say on social media and it really affects him because people will be 10 times meaner on social media than they ever had the balls to be in real life. Right. You know, there's, it's just unfiltered garbage. So, you know, you can see why people get really upset about it, but that's why, that's why I I, I don't get crazy on, I don't get crazy on Twitter because I know like, well, there's probably somebody out there like me that is like, that will like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like respond with violence, like because that's my that's my I mean you know just where I'm from like this is how I grew up. <laughs> right. like so the first response is like violence. So in my head, since I know people are like that, like I'm I'm just cool, like you know I know like because I know there's people that will get down like me and way worse. Like I know there's worse oh, yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, so it's just like you know to me it's better to just like let's just be cool. Like we're we're not gonna meet up, we're not gonna anything like that. Like you're never gonna run into me. Let's just have a conversation because we're, it's just social media. Like there's no need for all this extra stuff. But you wish you could, man. You wish you could. The way you the way you said that, like if you talk that way to me, we're gonna have to fight. It reminds me of uh, uh, the the Michael Jordan documentary where when remember when he's talking about how he used to play against his brothers and his <laughs> brother was like, if you beat me, we're gonna have to fight. <laughs> you know, like just because he got beat in the game, he's like, we're gonna have to fight. But anyways, 49er shit, I guess, right? Um, I mean, it's not really the, what I'm about to lead with is not really the 49ers, but it sure as hell affects the 49ers. Right. What's your, uh, what's your first reaction to the, the Cardinals signing JJ Watt? So typically I don't do this, but <clears throat> I actually like responded in the comments to, I think it was, uh, not Daniel Jeremiah, who's the guy, Ian Rappaport. Yeah. That was the first report that I saw. So, um, I actually like responded to his tweet, <laughs> which I typically <laughs> don't do that. And I said, of course, he goes to the NFC West. They always go to the NFC West. And I got, like, a bunch of, like, comments back and or, you know, likes and all that. People were like, man, like, does it seem like that? But, like, doesn't it seem like that? Like, it's, and maybe it's because we are in the NFC West. Like, you know, we, you know, follow a team that's, you know, in NFC West. But it seems like every time somebody's available, and I don't want to say every time, but oftentimes somebody's available, they go to a team in the 49ers division. Like, whether it was, you know, I was going back to, like, Josh Gordon. You know, it's like, oh, of course Josh Gordon goes to the Seahawks. You know, right. De- DeAndre Hopkins and Jalen Ramsey and, 
you know, all these guys. Just Matt like, Stafford. Matthew Stafford. Like, of course, he goes to the <laughs> NFC West team. And it's, it's not just, the 49ers, but it's, it is the NFC West. <laughs> right. So it's like just those three teams kind of just piling up. I mean, even like Jones, like, you know, how he got acquired by Arizona. You know, he got traded to, you know, he just they just sucked when it happened. So nobody really cared about it. But, you know. They don't just, suck now. They don't suck now. And there are a lot of 49ers fans, I think, trying to, like, kind of downplay the move. Because it's the Cardinals, and, you know, we did beat them one time last year. But that does make them better. Like, and I'm not saying that J.J. Watt is J.J. Watt. And that was, like, you know, three-time defensive player of the year. Right, obviously not. we seen, like, you know, he was on that run. He's not that. But he did lead the NFL in uh, 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 hurries last year. He led the that NFL. That I did not so, know. Yeah, so and you I mean, wouldn't really you wouldn't really know that by looking at his stats either because like the the blend the, you know the paper purely paper stats aren't aren't really that impressive but you know if that's if he's still having that kind of an impact then you know it's tough to argue with that right I mean you know that that just says to some extent he's still beating the guy in front of him right like good now way of what, saying it now what is a pressure and all that I don't know but to me the the thing I hear when I when I hear like he led the NFL in pressures. He still has the ability to get to a quarterback and change a game. Like, that's just how I see it. So, and I bet with a move like this, he's going to be, I mean, he's always already been like someone that super determined, you know, works really hard. He might even turn that up a notch and, you know, just have a, a great year or something. I mean, I, I don't know, but it is, to me, it's not nothing. And it like, it does affect the 49ers in my opinion. Well, who, who else was on that? Was there anybody else on that Texans like defensive front that was like really good? Nah, I mean they had Clowney a couple years ago, but you know obviously like you know he's been going right. for a couple years now. Um, it's just him. People try to say like, well, you know the injury thing, but JJ Watt played every game last year, so obviously he had dealt with some injuries the the previous like two years, but last year I mean he played every single game, so. He's dealt with some injuries over the past. Like, I mean, if you if you take the, like, the last like five years, you know, he played like three games in sixteen, five games in seventeen. He played a full season in eighteen. Uh, only played eighteen or eight games last season, and then sixteen this season. So, I mean, I mean, sure, he's missed some time, but I mean, yeah, like you said, dude, it's still JJ Watt. But but the point I was making was is you know he's going to a, a better defensive front, you know, where they may still have Hassan Reddick. I, I think they might let him hit hit free agency, especially now that they've signed J.J. Watt. But then they also have Chandler Jones, who's coming off, you know, even though he's he's recovering from a biceps injury, he obviously didn't get a whole lot of wear and tear last season because he's just recovering. Um, and, and I think the Arizona defensive front is better than what the Texans had to offer, and that can only, you know, if he stays healthy, that just elevates him because offensive linemen can't really key on key in on just him like they might have been doing at the Texans, you know, so yeah. when Clowney was there, when Clowney was still with Houston, J.J. Uh, Watt had 16 sacks. So <laughs> right. um, that was only two years ago, in, 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 you know, two seasons ago in 2018. So however you want to word that. but yeah. Jones, when healthy, is one of the best pass rushers in the league, and he's extremely underrated. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know uh, why. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's because he plays for the Cardinals. If he was still doing what he's been doing – but play for the Patriots still, um, no doubt people would be holding him to a higher standard. But he's doing right. it in Arizona. They haven't been winning. But he's playing at, like, a crazy level. When healthy, of course, he missed a lot last year. But if 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 he's healthy, which, I mean, you, you know, you start talking about a, a, you know, a bicep injury or whatever, like, that doesn't affect his legs. You know, like, right. he'll come back from that. So, I mean, it's scary thinking, oh, a healthy – J.J. Watt, a healthy Chandler Jones, that's really scary to me. Like that, especially when you have a quarterback like we have, who, you know, is kind of a sit, sitting duck in a sense. Right. Yeah. No, I agree, and I, I can tell you this: like, I feel like if the Forty ers would have signed J.J. Watt, people would be excited. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you can you can say what you want, and I, I don't think a majority of fans are are, are in denial like that, but. You know, if if he had signed with the 49ers, people would be talking about, oh man, JJ Watt, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, like, dude, is a, you know, and then uh, is is about to uh, is about to go off, you know. But since he's on the Cardinals, like, oh man, he's he's washed, he's he's old. Yeah, 
right. Yeah, well, all right, we'll see. We'll see. And, and you know, and that kind of that kind of blends us into our next topic, I guess, is the 49ers offensive line isn't exactly equipped right now to take on kind of those types of challenges. Obviously, the biggest elephant in the room is is Trent Williams and what he's going to do with the 49ers. I mean, maybe it's obvious. You'd, you'd re-sign Trent Williams, would you not? He would have already been re-signed. That's kind of what I was talking to you earlier about before the pod. I don't know that he – I don't know that – I don't know that he wants a deal right now. After after his end of the year press conference and the way he talked about the idea of hitting free agency and the fact that premier left tackles never hit free agency, they're either just retained by the team or traded or whatever. I mean, I don't know, dude. I think the 49ers would have to blow his doors off with an offer if they were to sign him before free agency because I don't – I have no way of backing this up, but I just I don't think it's going to happen. I I don't think he's going to sign before free agency. People are are talking about like it's going to cost you know like twenty million dollars a year or something like that. That's what is I said. Is that what is their going rate is for tackle? I mean I don't know. I don't. I know tackles get paid really good money, but well, let me. Uh, I mean I can open up uh, over the uh, contracts table. Does this by position? Yeah. Okay. I can. All right. So let's go left tackles. Um, David Bakhtiari, $23 million a year. Laramie Tunsil, $22 million a year. Ronnie Staley, $20 million a year. Oh, my goodness. Garrett Bowles, 17 That's just average per year, too. I mean, I know it's average per year, but yeah. Ronnie Stanley, Ronnie Stanley got $64 million total guarantees. I mean, yeah. he probably signed a five-year contract, but damn. Yeah, uh... Yeah, Trent he signed Williams. a hundred million dollar contract. <laughs> Trent Williams is for sure. Uh, he's going to get twenty million a year. Yeah, right. I think he'll get twenty million a year. He'll just be looking at shorter contracts, like maybe two or three years. And and I think if if anybody's pitching him a two year contract, it's probably like fully guaranteed. We got to you know? hope that it's only twenty million. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's yeah, and that's a good point. And that's that's what I. I mean, I really, honestly, it's nothing more than my intuition or the way I kind of feel like this goes down. But I feel like because there was a lot of stuff that Trent. If you haven't watched Trent Williams' end of the year press conference, you got to go back and watch it because. He was just very open about it. Uh, KP over at Niners Nation had some good questions, and basically he said, you know, there's some give and take between, you know, signing, you know, maximizing your value, but also staying with the team you want to stay with. You know, you don't, you won't necessarily take a hometown discount, as they would call it, but you can work the contract in different ways to where it works out for the team and the player. He he legitimately seemed like he wanted to stay with the 49ers. I could just see him. Saying, you know, like I said, unless they're like, here's 24 million a year or something, unless they do that, I could see him saying, okay, I'm gonna hit free agency. I'll be transparent with you. I will let you know what offers I'm getting, and you're gonna have to come close. You know, you're gonna have to get in the ballpark because obviously I want to stay here, but I, I'm also know know that I'm a elite left tackle that's about to hit free agency, and I want to see what those checks look like. <laughs> And I don't blame him, dude. He's older. He's on the backside of his career. Like this is his this 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 next contract is his retirement. Well, the issue is the the forty nine are kind of cap strapped. So I mean, obviously, there's ways to work around it. I mean, I you know, the, Prague is a lot smarter than I am, but I would assume if I had to guess on what Trent Williams would want, he's going to want top dollar. So it's going to be you know, I would assume anywhere between twenty and twenty three million. Because I'm pretty sure he values himself as that, and I'm pretty sure somebody in free agency will offer that between twenty and twenty-three million. Oh yeah, for sure. So the, the the I guess the way to kind of if you're the 49ers to kind of get something done or or come in maybe a little bit less than somebody else is to guarantee more money. So there might be a team that's willing to pay them twenty-two million a year, but lower guarantees, where maybe the 49ers can come in at nineteen million a year. But closer to like fully guaranteed two years worth. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like you know something like that to where it's like, well, overall, because that's the only thing that matters anyways. Like the guaranteed money is what matters most, especially for right. because once your guarantees run out, they'll probably cut you anyways. Especially you know if you're somebody like Trent Williams or you know what I'm saying like so, you know like Garoppolo, I bet money he's not going to see the full extent 
of this contract, <laughs> which typically is kind of wild for a quarterback. Usually they see it all. But if he, um, if he was if he was on the field, he might. Right. But uh, you know, for for most of these other guys, especially when they start get a little bit a little bit older, right? And you know, he's had some injuries. Once once his guarantees run out, he's kind of working on borrowed time a little bit, you know. So um if if the 49ers were to be like, all right, we'll 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 fully guarantee two years thirty nine million. I bet he'd take that. <laughs> you said that with it because me and Crocker have this video chat feature now, and he said that with a smile, like he's bullshitting y'all. <laughs> so I mean, I don't. I th- I do think I do think it's kind of like that though. I do think if he get if they get close, I think there'll be some back and forth. I just don't think Trent Williams is going to be in any hurry to go to another team. I think that he's going to allow the 49ers whatever time they need to make the offer that they to make their last offer you know, to make their final offer type of deal. And then he'll decide, decide where it goes. I just, I can see, you know, once free agency starts and we're getting there, um, a lot of the 49ers fan base, especially when free agency, and, and if Trent Williams is still inside, when free agency like actually starts, I could just see a lot of people just pulling their hair out. Like, why is he, why is he not signed yet? What are the 49ers doing? I can't believe it. Like, I, I feel like there's going to be some back and forth there. I would still be surprised if Trent Williams was not on the 49ers next year. I would I'm be still in that, in that frame of mind. Like, because if if you're not doing that, then I, if if the 49ers didn't re-sign Trent Williams, I feel like they're locking themselves into a tackle in the first round. Or or like, what are you gonna do if you don't? <laughs> like, yeah. that might be a position where okay, so do you want to transition into? The mocks because I know you said was it Daniel Jeremiah? They had the yeah. Well, let's season. let's well, yeah. We'll do that. We'll do that. Give me let's let me get let's get a quick word in from the hustle and then we'll uh, we'll get into the, uh, the the second half of this podcast because I mean y'all have already heard me talk about it because I know there's people out there listening to this right now that want to want to get it in gear when it comes to to starting their own podcast. You got your 49ers thoughts, you got your 49ers feelings, you got your 49ers takes, you want to put them out there for the world to listen to. You got to listen to Blue Wire Hustle, okay? It's a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle is created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast or your ideas to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and you just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. Part of the program, you're going to receive cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top producers like Eric Crocker from the Striking Gold Podcast, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On top of that, we'll get you your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, all the other platforms. Best part is you can get all of it for 15 bucks a month. That is the same rate as any other hosting site is going to charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or you've got an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so you got to get your application in today. Go to apply at bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find the link. That's bwhustle.com slash join. Do it. Be a part of this wave, baby. All right. So, Crocker, you had mentioned uh, the Daniel Jeremiah draft. And, yeah, we'll, we'll flip it because there's, there's one little topic that I wanted to talk about, too, that we already we already talked about. But Daniel Jeremiah, who who might be – is I don't, you'd have to tell me if you agree with this, Croc, but, like, I feel like I – don't, I don't know how to quantify it, but I feel like Daniel Jeremiah is one of my, like, my absolute favorite draft people. Like – he might be my my most my favorite. I don't know why. Yeah, no, nah, he's pretty cool. And he like I, I don't know. I look at him like more so like, oh, member of the media and not draft person, even though like he is draft person. I mean, obviously he's kind of both, but you know, there's certain people like like we're gonna talk about Trevor Sycamore. It's like, oh, draft network. Like when I think of Daniel Jeremiah, I don't know why, but I don't think of draft, but that is what he is, him and Bucky Brooks, right? Um but he's really good. The one right. thing I like about him is I think they're both I think they're the NFL networks like personnel guys. Yeah. He you know, like guys that can at least talk that without looking like a fool. 
Well, he is a former NFL personnel. I want to say maybe like the Eagles or something right. like that. Or he was with he was with the team, uh, Daniel Jeremiah Giants. It was somebody like that. I can't remember exactly when. I know you're gonna look it up now. But um, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, like one thing I do like about him, I mean, he responds to me, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, a lot of times <laughs> these people, um, you know, obviously I played football and stuff like that, and I've I've been around it. Like I've been around all the guys. Like I have homies that are you know NFL players, all that. But still, like, somebody like General Jeremiah, I, I get all like, oh, he responded to me. <laughs> <laughs> He's my friend. Yeah. Who else? Oh, Louis Riddick. Louis Riddick recently responded to me. It's like, oh, Louis Riddick, he responded to me. But that's um, That poor guy just keeps getting NFL GM consideration, and then that's it. I know. It's like, I, I hope they're not playing with him and just fulfilling the Rooney rule, but. Right. That's what you hope. Yeah. It's like it's like how does he not have a job by now? It's like you hear he must be doing something wrong in in, in the interviews. But I, I listened to him on a podcast with Haberman and uh, Middlecoff, and he was really good. Like you could just tell, like smart, sharp, football, like just football guy. Right, one hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? He and also then, seems like a really good, nice dude. Yeah, no, he is, but he he just seems like like he's a no, like no BS. Like yeah. you, you would think that he's like tailor made for to be a GM. I mean, he was up for 49ers GM. I mean, he was one of the people they interviewed, but he, he seems like tailor made for GM and he gets these interviews and things like that. And everybody loves him. Everybody vouches for him. You hear him, you can hear him talk football. He understands it. He's been on all these morning shows and stuff like that. And like you, you obviously he gets it big time play personnel guy in the NFL for years with the Redskins, with the Eagles. I mean, in every step of the way, it was like, he started low worked his way up, worked his way up, and he was like the head personnel guy. And then the new coach gets comes in, he gets let go, then goes to a new, a new place. He was the one that drafted uh, Sean Taylor. Like, the dude, like, he's good. But for some reason, he just can't get a GM job. Right, right. Yeah, Daniel Jeremiah was – he was a West Coast scout for the Eagles, and then he was a national scout for the Browns, and then he was a West Coast scout for the Ravens. When was he with the uh, Eagles? Uh, 2010-2012. All right, so so I think he was there with Lewis Riddick. Yeah, and then he was – and then Browns, 07-08, and then Ravens, 05-06. So, I mean, he had – if you put all those together, he had personnel experience from, like, 2005 to 2012, you know. So yeah, he, he was at it for a while. Yeah, seven, eight, he, yeah, he just seems real sharp, real intelligent, real, like, to the point, you know, down to earth. But, yeah, he had the – and the reason we're talking about Daniel Jeremiah and this kind of blends into what we're saying where – you know, if the 49ers don't keep around Trent Williams, they might be penciling themselves in for a left tackle is uh, Daniel Jeremiah's most recent mock draft. And he's done two of them. I didn't click on the first one, but his, his second one, he had the 49ers taken uh, Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle out of Northwestern. And I don't really know a, lot, a whole lot about the tackle class. I don't know how they rank. I don't know how they stack up. I'm assuming he'd probably be the second tackle from behind that Oregon guy, right? That Yeah, do you have do you have the the whole mock pulled up or just who Jeremiah had the 49ers taking? Because no, I, I, I have it up now. Who, I have who, it up who, now. Where did he have Penesul Pine, going? Um uh fifth to the Bengals, which makes perfect sense. Yeah, 100%. Um the the reason why I asked is because he's been on record of having uh Slater his tackle one. So maybe that's something like, like me, right? Like I have JC Horn as my CB one, but I don't expect JC Horn to be the first corner taken. So maybe he's looking at it in a similar fashion where he likes Slater most at tackle, but you know, he thinks Sewell will be the first one gone. And there are other people that think Slater is a guard. I've I've heard that. And that's kind of what they did with Tristan Warps. Warps, it was like, Oh, he plays tackle, but he's going to be a guard. Well, he played right tackle for Tampa this year and was tremendous all year. So right. probably um, because he's only uh, Slater's only six three. You know that right. would be a little smaller for a tackle. Not that he can't do it, but Daniel Jeremiah wrote with the pick. He said, "We'll see what happens with Trent Williams in free agency." But even if the Niners, even if the Niners are able to resign him, Slater could easily slide inside the guard. Yeah, you know, and 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 it would be it would be a little weird because they you know they're pretty set with. Uh, just uh, Lakin Tomlinson at left guard. I don't know if he would 
slide all the way over to, to right guard. But, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know how hard that is for offensive linemen. But that's you, the thing I with me. If like people move, um, I, I think you make one. So so if you moved over Tom Tomlinson, now there's two guys learning different sides. Right. You know, yep. So, yep. so you would just put Slater at right guard and say, okay, I have one person yeah. learning a new that, position. That's the way I've always thought about it, too. I agree. Yeah. And what's funny, too, is this 49ers fans would love this because in this draft, in this mock draft from Daniel Jeremiah, the 49ers took Slayer, Slater, and then the two players to go after Slater are Jalen Waddell and Devonta Smith. <laughs> 49ers fans would be like, again? <laughs> well, I think, I mean, just kind of me, you know, check, you know, heat checking the room. 49ers fans aren't really in on taking a receiver. That's the vibe I'm getting. They, they, they are all in on for the most part, if it's obviously if it's not quarterback, they are all in on cornerback or offensive line. So I think it's not the sexy thing, and I, but I think like just me seeing people put their thoughts out there, and, and a lot of fans because they respond to a lot of my stuff, they do want offensive line. Now, once the day comes and they draft O line, they're still I think obviously that's what they. It's still not the sexy thing. So they're still going to have to, well, this is what I wanted. This is what I expected. But really, it's like, I sure wish we could have got Justin Fields, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough, man. I mean, I, I honestly, offensive line is one of those picks where it's like, even if your offensive line is pretty good, even if, like, as long as there's not any just glaring holes elsewhere. But, like, offensive line is always one of those things where within, like, the top two rounds, like you can always take an offensive lineman, and I feel like you're, you know, the the team will always benefit, you know, because you can never have too good of an offensive line. It's kind of the same thing, kind of the same philosophy as why the 49ers took so many defensive linemen is because your defensive line can never be like too good, you know. It's like once you start to just fire on all cylinders on either one of the lines, I feel like the dividends are like. You know, like you really like you. They're immediately felt, if that makes sense. Like, well, and also, I hear it's supposed to be a deeper tackle class. No, I don't know what. I, I'm never for like. I, I feel like if 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 you have this person really highly rated, then then take him at that pick. Like, don't be like, well, I need offensive line, even though there's a deep class, and I have one that I have way. I have him way higher than the next tackle. I'm just going to pass on this guy. Like, don't, <laughs> you know, it, it has to be something like what it seemed like they did last year with the receiver position where I think they really liked uh, C.D. Lamb, but it was like, okay, really like C.D. Lamb, but I love this Ayuk dude just as yeah. much. So the I'm gap, gonna, Yeah, the gap between Lamb and Ayuk was probably pretty small for, for them. Yeah, for Shanahan. So it's like, right. you know, I'm willing to pass on Lamb because I feel like I can get now that now they did. Hey, we're going to do everything we can to get Ayuk and make sure we get him. They trade up for him, but they got two guys that they really like, you know. So it's like, okay, defensive tackle, let's get this. This is the better defensive tackle we feel. Um, you know, like the the gap between defensive tackle and the next best one compared to the gap between the receiver we right. really like and right. this guy, like this much slimmer at receiver. So it seems like that's what they did. It would have to be something like that again um, for. You know, if tackles there and you you want to pass on it for anything other than a, a, a quarterback, right? Well, it's like it, it's like to sum it up, it's like we can have the twenty fifth best player and the thirtieth best player, or we can have the twentieth best player and the fortieth best player. You know, if you, you you get that, like you know, you're getting two high quality players or players that you're really high on versus you know one that you know you know what I mean. Like it's basically you already said it. It don't matter. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> it don't matter. You know what I'm saying. Um, more mock drafts. The the crazy stuff now. The crazy stuff. Not crazy. Entertaining. Entertaining. Because Mel Kuyper, you know, the man with the same hairdo for the last 40 years. Yeah, it's, it's a horrible hairdo too, man. Like, obviously, I can't say shit. I'm, I'm sitting here with just like a, almost like a buzz cut. You know what, hold on. You know what's worse than his your, – your buzz cut looks good. But you know what's worse than his hair? Which it still is cool to have all that, that as much hair as he has. I'm, I'm his lips, and I didn't notice until he was going on that rant about Justin Fields, and we'll talk about it. He has no lips, like none. Like it's just like the little lines, like uh, <laughs> like a cartoon character. Yeah, he doesn't, bro. What the heck? 
No lips. And his mouth just moving, and it's just like a hole. I'm totally tripping right now. Here's a picture with, of Mel Kuyper with dreads. <laughs> Somebody photoshopped dreads on the Mel Kuyper. I'm going to take a wild. picture of this and send it to you in the middle of the podcast. But, right. yeah, and, you know, he has that super funny way of talking. But in this picture that I'm sending you, I'm going to send it through text. He he also doesn't have lips. So, you're you know, now I'm never going to be able to unsee that. Too. Yeah, yeah uh, both the dreads and the lips. But so, anyways, Mel Kiper in his draft, and I don't have his exact draft. Let me see if I can get to it pulled up in front of me. But I know what happens. Uh, he has the 49ers trading up to pick number with the Detroit Lions, I believe, which is pick number seven, I, I, somewhere in there. I'd have to look at the draft. But he has the 49ers trading up with. The Detroit Lions in selecting Justin Fields. I know you're laughing at that shit right now, right? Those are, first of all, those are braids, not dreads. Oh, my bad. Well, if braids become long, uh, no, they're not the same. My no, bad. Not. I like I like dreads better because then, like, Jason Barrett's like, man, I was watching yeah. him at practice, dude. He looks like Predator, man. It looks so badass. Yeah. Like, it was he badass. He nice, too. Yeah, and I, I was I was joking around with I think it was KP, and I was like, man, how much faster do you think Jason Brett would be without his dreads? <laughs> <laughs> they are heavy. You know, I That's what dreads. I'm saying. I was like, I was joking, but at the same time, I was like, seriously, that is a lot of hair. They're probably heavy, and you know, like I guarantee you, he would be a little bit faster. But it's uh, you know, it, they look so badass, and it's like a commitment too. You know what I mean? Like, there's a yeah. lot to it. There's a lot. People yeah. have a lot of like I know with me. When they start, when you start them, and then as they grow, like they go through different stages of life with you. Like and when you start off with them, they're they're like short and they're ugly. Then they get longer and they get more gorgeous, and then they just like become a part of you. And yeah, there's a lot to it. But anyway, because well, you had dreads, didn't you? Yeah, for eight years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All I right, just started so... doing hard, so I had to cut my hair off. Hey, Amen. That's the only reason why. If I didn't, my my hair would be as long as uh, Rhett's for sure. It'd be funny if, like, you just you're, you were like balding on top, but then you still had dreads on the sides. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be funny at all, but it's funny. Well, there was Floyd Mayweather's dad. I, I remember telling myself, if I ever start going bald, like, I'm not going out like him. So I don't know if you ever saw him. He's literally missing like the whole middle of his hair right here, and yeah. just had dreads on the side. He's cut it off since, <laughs> but I mean, he was rocking that for a while. I was like, bro, that's terrible. I'll never go out like that. All right, so this is weird how he has this. Okay. So Mel Kuyper in his most recent draft, and this is a mock draft that's like two months before the NFL draft. So, I mean, think of it what you will. We're just talking here. But he has the 49ers trading up from 12 to 7 with the Detroit Lions, which who um, are, are probably pretty looking to trade back now that they've picked up Matt Stafford to kind of recoup some of their draft losses and stuff like that. Um Forio says he wouldn't be shocked, though, if the 49ers had to give up their 2022 first to move up from 12 to 5. But he also said, you know, it might not take that much. We'll see. But he had the 49ers taking Justin Fields. And then Mac Jones went the next pick to the Carolina Panthers. And we'll talk more about that team in a little bit. But I don't know. But that's probably the situation that probably most excites you right now, huh? It's just like trading up to get the man. Yeah. High, high upside, high ceiling. And like, Listening to Mayock and listening to him talk about, first of all, let's talk about Mayock. Like, you know, I was listening to the Haberman and Middlecoff. I always listen to him, but I'm listening to the podcast. And one thing that Middlecoff brought up was the fact that he's saying, like, look, he doesn't think Mayock just says stuff. Like, when you've been doing mocks and been a part of the draft since the early 80s, like, you don't, you don't just say, like, random stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? So he's thinking, like, there's a chance that he – maybe has heard something from, you know what I'm saying, from maybe not, you know, the 49ers or whatever, but it could be something that he's heard kind of through the grapevine or whatnot. But he doesn't think that it's just like 100% random that the 49ers are getting a quarterback in his pod. Now, as far as getting him, to me, it's like, yeah, like, get the, finally have somebody that has that, that top-tier talent. And, you know, I've said it before, but it's like, dude, like, Kyle Shanahan, you get paid a lot of money, a lot of money. Get this talented quarterback and make it work. Like, make it work. Like, you're looking at these other guys. You, yeah, there's a process. But you you watch these other quarterbacks, 
kick your ass and you can't stop them. You know what I'm saying? You see how hard of a time 49ers have with guys like Kyler Murray and, you know, I mean, we watched Josh Allen and what, what he did. Like, yeah, it wasn't – he didn't come in and hit the ground running, but he was getting up to where they, you know, made the playoffs in year two and AFC Championship in year three. Like, yeah, there's going to be some kind of, you know, uh, process with the whole thing. But, dude, like, get you somebody that's extremely talented. And it will open your offense up more. Like, but I, I don't know if he's just so stubborn. There's a lot of people that be like, oh, he's just – he's cocky. He's arrogant. Like, I don't think that's the case. I think he just wants his offense run how he wants it ran. And I and I get it, but at some point it's like, dude, you passed on these other dudes for these same reasons, and these dudes have some of these dudes have become stars, and now you have the opportunity, who you're like the mastermind that would put these guy put this young guy in a situation with a lot of talent around them, like anybody that walks into a situation, a quarterback that's really talented, and it's like, well, damn, I got George Kittle, I got. Ayuk, I got Debo, I got Mostert behind me that I hand the ball off and he just runs for 75 yards in one play. Like, you got all these really talented people and then, oh, I was able to keep Trent Williams. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have all these pieces to put around this young guy. Okay, 49er fans, oh, well, you won't win the Super Bowl year one. Fuck the Super Bowl year one. Like, can I build to where I'm a threat for the next 10 years? You know, because this quarterback is so dangerous. And in the next 10 years, I have more of an opportunity to potentially win a Super Bowl. Like, that, that that's what I care about more. At some point, you have to develop a guy. Or you stay being average with Garoppolo, who now you're starting to lose guys, and you might not be able to re-sign Trent Williams because of his contract, which isn't that much, but that's just kind of what it comes down to, in my opinion. Go get this young guy. Do the Mayock trade, and or Kuiper trade, excuse me. Do the Kuiper trade. Move up for somebody that is young with all this talent and super high upside, and and see where it takes you. Like, don't stop. Like, at some point, you have to take some kind of risk, right? Like, at, at some point. Well, and the big thing that we've gone back to quite a few times is when are they? If things work out, and if things if things work out, and if things and if things don't work out, there's a whole another batch of conversations that are going to come along with it because. You know, a lot of that heat's going to start going towards Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. But when's the next time they're going to be within reach of a premium quarterback? Wow. You know what that's, I mean? That's amazing. You're you're right there. And if you if you don't take this opportunity and things don't work out, then the amount of blame that you absorb is a lot hotter than what it, it might have been than than the blame you would get if you trade up for Fields and it doesn't work out. Right? Did you, you did know? you hear what Mayock said? Did you hear the little rant he went on? Mike Mayock. I mean, I keep saying Mayock, Kuiper. Kuiper. Did you see the rant he went on when he was talking about it? I mean, I kind of read some quotes here and there, but he's basically talking about just like the ceiling, you know. But I, I don't what, – what are you talking about? Yeah, he was like – he basically was saying like, look, people are throwing out here and there. They're saying he's a one-read guy and stuff. He was like, you know who they said that about? They said that about Josh Allen. They said that about uh, Justin Herbert. They were saying the same thing about those guys, but you make it work. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then they have the upside. They have this and that. And that's my thing, like. Somebody can come into the NFL, like, whatever. It could be you can have somebody that can read, go through multiple reads and still suck. <laughs> like, you know what I'm That's saying? what I mean. And that, along with the fact that, like, I wonder if people are ready to know how often you don't have to do more than two reads in the pros. Like, I don't think they know that part. I don't think they know that, like, a lot of times you read. And, and again, I don't want to, like, act like I know an NFL yeah, offense. me either. I, I understand defense, and I know a lot of times you're reading a, a person or a, a side of the field, and that might tell you, like, especially pre-snap, you're coming down and you're looking at, like, we know where our where our uh, first first read is. <clears throat> so we're looking and seeing <clears> – <throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Getting a little too tired. <laughs> you, know where your first up. you know where your first read is, right? Sometimes what the defense comes out and dictates you to take your first read and make that like now that's not your first read, this is your first read, right? So you do have your you have your pre snap reads and you have your post snap reads. But a lot of times, even then, if I want to stick with what my first read is, I'm looking at him and but I'm not looking at my receiver. And I think that's a lot of times people are like, Oh, he's staring down the receiver. He's not staring down the receiver. A lot of times he's reading a defensive player, and if the defensive guy goes here, then he's throwing it here. If the defensive guy goes there, then he's throwing it here. 
what I'm right, saying? A lot right. of times that's what it is. So you have two way, two places you can go off of one read. Now, there might be times where it, both of them are wrong. So now, okay, I have to make the, the office coordinator right and maybe go off somewhere else and hit a check down or something like that. So it's, it's not like rocket science with getting these young quarterbacks like to understand what's going on here. You can give them simple reads and then kind of play off of that. It, they you but at some point they they have they all go through this process, like to, like uh, Trevor Lawrence is not going to come in. I don't want to say he's not going to come into the league and just hit the ground running, but he's going to have similar struggles. Like regardless, like he's going to go through a transition of having to like you know uh, play faster post snap and things like that. Like they're all going to have to go through that transition. But like you never know. I mean Herbert was in no way, shape, or form this perfect prospect coming out. Like, he wasn't. And we watched what he did, and it's like, damn, this dude is fucking killing it. And the bigger thing with Justin Herbert that people aren't really – a lot of the stuff he does is off script. Like, he's, oh, let me buy time, let me roll out left, and then he's just using his talent. Like, if you looked at a Justin Herbert highlight film – a lot of it is just him using his talent. It's not so much that, like, oh, I'm just dropping back and I'm reading the one, two, oh, we'll go through this read, go through this read, go through this read. Oh, there he goes. No, he's like, I'm just about to make a play. <laughs> you know uh-huh. what I'm saying? And he's making the play because he has that type of talent. Eventually the game will slow down and he won't have to always play like that. But he's just, he's surviving right now. And he's use, and he's surviving off of his pure talent. And then, boom, he'll hit you over the top with a 60-yard pass play. Like, at some point, like, people have to get over the whole – thing of, well, you guys got to develop and you got to wait for this and you can't do this and you can't do that. Well, what does he do? And then play to that strength and build off of that. So I get excited about that because I watch somebody like Fields. And, yeah, does he have his certain limitations? Yeah, but he can make every fucking throw. He can make right. all the throws. He has immense talent. He has big arm talent. And if he runs a 40, he can run in the four threes. That's what his coach told me. All right, so we're talking about somebody that's extremely athletic, like, don't pass on him just because you think, oh, he's a one-read guy. Okay, well, what the hell do you think Kyle Shanahan does with Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> like, he right. makes Jimmy Garoppolo, like, he play action, hit the slant. Play action, hit the slant. Play action, this is clear out. Just and he throw got the ball play. where I want you to throw the ball. <laughs> right. And that's the first <laughs> read. Like, you know what I'm saying? If they're looking one way or the other, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, is every few, like, Jimmy gets the ball out of his hand right now. Like, the ball is out. Boom, throw it. And a lot of times, Jimmy isn't even throwing guys open or just throwing with anticipation. He's throwing into a window. Fields can do that. So that's my I, – I, I really would like it. I, I wish they would do something like that, man. Give me somebody with some big-time talent. That, uh, that little type. clip. I would like to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see it. I mean, yeah. But, yeah, that's how – I know. Sorry, well, guys. I mean, we know what Crocker wants now, man. He got so damn fired up for that. But, but. I start choking this shit. I know, I know, dude. You started choking over your own words, but no, I mean, I'm a, I'm on the same mind, dude. And I'm not saying that the 49ers can't succeed without making that move, but if if things are working out the way the 49ers want them to, when's the next chance you're going to have to land a quarterback anywhere near this thing? And to me, it's just you know, you're you're just you, you don't you don't have that opportunity. What happens is 49ers go to the playoffs and they end up like the Kansas uh, the the Indianapolis Colts, who Colts need a quarterback. They had to trade and give up picks and stuff for Carson Wentz instead of being in the position like the 49ers at pick 12. And again, we don't even know where Fields is going to fall to, right? But if he's there at seven and you feel like you got to make a move and go get him, go get him. You know who can't do that? The Colts. They can't do it. They can't give up enough picks. So they had to trade for Carson Wentz. Go up, get a guy because we're not, I mean, if people are healthy, we're not going to be picking top 12. We're not. Right. So, yeah, like you said, like, when's it? When's the next time they'll be able to – you can't just – it's not like something you can just keep putting off, especially if you're not happy with your quarterback. Now, if you were happy with Jimmy Garoppolo, great, but they're not. They're looking into all these other different avenues and stuff. They're not pulling the trigger because it's hard to just do that, but they're not just 100% sold that he's the guy. They're talking about bringing in a backup court. They're talking about, well, we've got to upgrade our backup position. What? quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but hey, another and another weird talk. Okay, well, we'll do this first, and and this is something that I think you can talk about a little bit more. In in Trevor Sikuma's mock draft 
on the NFL Draft Network. And if you don't follow Trevor Sikama, you got to give him a follow. He's hella funny. He's just a funny dude. He has the 49ers trading all the way up to number three. So it went Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguars, Zach Wilson to the Jets, and then he has the 49ers trading from 12 all the way up to number three, not for Justin Fields, but for Trey Lance, quarterback out of North Dakota State. And the 49ers give up a lot. They obviously trade the 21 first, but I don't really like to include that because you're swapping that pick with the third overall. So you don't, I don't, you know, whatever. And so they give up the third. They're giving up a third this year, two fifths, a first next year, and a third, and then a second in 2023 to go all the way up to number three and draft quarterback Trey Lance, who really only had, I mean, looked outstanding, and he's a total freak, but really only had one season. And you're taking him as the third overall overall quarterback at the number three pick and giving up a shitload of picks to do it. That that doesn't sit as well with you, huh? Nah, you guys won't hear me choking over that one. Uh, <laughs> or if I am, I'm choking for the wrong reasons. Uh, I can't give up that much for him. Like you said, like I mean, we're talking about limited experience. Again, I like the talent, but I, I just have to see a little bit more. And even then, like I, I know he can do certain things very well. I like the way he throws a deep ball and stuff, but he's still like, even in the sense of like Justin Fields and he wasn't asked to do like as much. Like it was a run heavy. It was a really like run heavy offense. He, you know, and then let me throw a pass here and there. So again, not saying I wouldn't be excited about it. I, I would be more like, okay, like let's see. But I personally wouldn't give up all that to get, him, you know, I like him, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't just like I, he hasn't, he hasn't shown enough to to give up that much stuff to to get him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, again, like I said, Trey Lance is is a freak, and and I mean, there's the off chance that he could end up being the best quarterback from this class. You know, he's just, he's just a, he, he's just. Like I said, he's a freak, man. He's built like a tank. He runs just as well as he throws, and he's got a good arm, and he's made some pretty ridiculous throws. But he's still kind of like, you know, he's not a fully fleshed-out prospect. He only had one season where he didn't even throw a freaking interception. You know, in that one season, he didn't. And then he played one more game, and then he finally threw one, I think. But, um, I mean, he's he's entertaining, but that's just – that's giving up a lot for for the for the one quarterback – in this class that's the least definitive, you know, like he's exciting, but he's not very definitive and you're not really quite sure what you're going to get. So it's, it's just a little interesting there, but the last little quarterback scenario we got to entertain before we sign off is, I don't, I mean, it's whatever the 49ers calling the Carolina Panthers about Teddy Bridgewater. I don't even know what to say about that one. And now it's, again, it's just, the 40, NFL front offices do their due diligence. It's their goddamn job to make sure that they know what the cost of every player that could could maybe become, you know, available in a certain scenario or could become a reality in a certain scenario. Just because they called and asked, hey, what would you need to have for this guy, does not mean he's anywhere in their top ten list of scenarios. But, I mean, it's still interesting. I, I just don't see it as, like, any sort of a fix. I mean, you can save a little money, but I don't know. I I just going off of going off what Kyle Shanahan has said. I can't see that happening. Um, Kyle Shanahan, I feel like when he said, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know what's going on with me today. When Kyle said somebody would have to be an upgrade over Garoppolo, I don't think that Bridgewater is a clear upgrade. Now, you can right. say he's been healthier, you know, in recent years, which he hasn't been asked to play a lot. <clears throat> but he's he's not someone, to me, that moves the needle from that standpoint. So I, I just – it saves them money, but I just can't see them like, oh, well, we want to save $8 million or whatever, so we're going to move off of Garoppolo for Bridgewater. I, I just couldn't see them doing that. And that, give up something in the process. And give up something in the process. So, yeah, that that doesn't make sense to me. So it's really odd to see them, and I don't want to say that the reports are false or fake, but just very odd. And it just doesn't seem like something that they will do. But, 
maybe there's something else that they have in the plans. I don't even want to entertain it too much because it sounds kind of stupid, <laughs> like you know. But I, <laughs> it I, does. I, you know, for me, I try to make sense of stuff, and I just can't make sense of of that at all. So. Yeah, I, I can't either. I just don't. I don't think it's a big deal. I, I mean, the only way it would benefit the 49ers is saving a little bit of money. But you wouldn't really be getting better. You wouldn't be moving the needle. There, there's not like, and 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 if it, I'm not sure it's really needs to be that seriously considered. But then you're you're bailing on Jimmy Garoppolo, who a lot of guys in the locker room really like, and that's obvious. Just to like save a few bucks and then go with somebody like Teddy Bridgewater, it's like it's just not really. To me, you're just shaking the tree for no good reason, and it, it wouldn't really move the needle as far as what the 49ers were expected to do. It's just a weird, it's just a weird rumor to hear about this time. But again, all all that was said was that the 49ers called about Teddy Bridgewater. And it could just be, you know, the front office doing their due diligence and asking what it would take to get him. Or it could just flat out be not true. And somebody's trying to drum up a market for Teddy Bridgewater. So it, 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 we've seen Teddy Bridgewater play. It's like, I don't know what market. You know? <laughs> like, like, even if he was a free agent, like, he wouldn't be the first. I would take James Winston over Teddy Bridgewater. Right. Right, I think I would too, man. I mean, I'm, I'm down to watch. It would. I'm down to watch 30 interceptions in a year. That's cool. I mean, that's that's impressive stuff right there. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I think that I think that does it for today. You got any? Uh, you got any closing thoughts, dude? No, I'm looking at this. Um, if you see me kind of glancing down, one of the kids. I, I mean, you know, he's been a part of my seven on seven team. I've, I've worked with these kids since he was in middle school. And he's about to commit to his university right now, so I'm excited about that. What university is he going to? Or are you not allowed to say? Or you don't no, know? I, I don't know. Um, okay. I, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I typically these kids in the in the process. I, I typically stay away. Like I don't want to be any type of influence or anything like that. Um, when they start to like kind of deciding what college they want to go to, um, I coached Raleigh Brown who was a five-star running back, actually the number one running back, the number one running back in the nation for his class. And he's just committed to Oklahoma. But as I coached him, I never once asked him, like, anything about college. I never talked to him about anything about college. It was always just, you know, about what we were doing on the field and stuff. But um, so, yeah, with Jonah, I don't know. But if I had to guess, I'd say Arizona. That's where I, that's where I guess. I feel like he's going to commit to Arizona, but I, I don't know. He has Tennessee. He has Oregon State. He has – These are all schools that have offered him? Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. But, um, oh, the one thing we do want to mention before we sign off is Crocker and I, as long as everything fires off while we're going to think it's, it's going to fire off, Crocker and I are going to be spending one day slash evening a week on the Locker Room app, recording our second podcast. And if you are not a part of the Locker Room app, you got to download it. It's basically like Crocker and I can record our podcast live in front of y'all. And if you guys have a question or you want to chime in, you can you can actually request to talk, and we can you know unmute you, kind of like a Zoom meeting. And you guys can jump in and comment or ask a question, and and it basically just makes the entire podcast experience live and i think there's a video option to it um that you can engage or disengage but we are going to be doing one of our podcasts a week you know our second podcast every week on the locker room map so if you are listening to this and you don't have the locker room map check it out because we're definitely gonna you know that seems like a perfect platform to do our mailbag episodes on um you know it seems like the perfect platform to do like our 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 reactions to a game, you know, right after it's happened, once we come around the next season. It actually, I was on there listening to a Warriors podcast, and it was pretty sweet. You know, they had a little guest on there hop in. They had some fans ask some questions. Um, so it was a pretty cool, pretty streamlined experience. So make sure you download the Locker Room app. Again, this is not an advertisement. We are going to be running our next podcast on the Locker Room app. So make sure you get it so you can be there. Um, I can't give you guys any definitive, like, how to find us. I mean, you know it's going to be listed under Strike and Gold. Um, we just I, – I, I haven't even fully learned how all the platform works. This is all brand new. But we're going to be jumping into this into it this week. Keep an eye on Crocker and I's Twitter um, because we'll, we'll, you know, we'll inevitably tweet out the locker room link and all that stuff when 
when we're when we're running it. And and this all you know, there'll be a couple episodes where it's probably pretty experimental, and we're still working things out. But the locker room app, okay, it's going to be a bit pretty regular thing for the Striking Gold podcast. So make your make sure you have it so you can participate, you can listen in, you can engage, and, and we'll do that thing. But hey, you already know what it is for another episode for another night or whenever you're listening to this podcast this is Striking Gold and we are signing out Justice for Justin Fields please Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.